Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Your pleasure is magnetic. Did you know that pleasure can increase your confidence and seduction? My guest, Casey Neal, shares with us her five ways to create magnetism. You don't want to miss this episode. Welcome, everyone, to this really delicious episode with Casey Neal. I'm so excited that she's here with us today. She is a trauma therapist and pleasure coach, and she has five steps on creating magnetism. This is an incredible episode. I can already feel it in my body. So Casey, welcome. And thanks for joining us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, Before we dive in, can you just share a little bit about yourself and what's lighting you up right now? Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that question. What's lighting me up. Okay. So myself, um, oh man, I'm always like, there's so much to share. So in this context, um, I, as you said, I'm a trauma therapist and a pleasure coach and my background in the area of pleasure, um, all started from, my work as a dominatrix many, many, many moons ago in New York city and continued into work. Um, what I would call as a courtesan, um, moving into learning about energies and how that works with people through shamanic work. And then I found the erotic blueprints, which is essentially the five love languages for sex, pleasure, desire, and turn on. And so in doing all of that work, um, I have learned and I'm still learning um, how to continue to bring pleasure to all areas of life. And, you know, for my definition of pleasure is it's anything that literally lights you up. Um, It doesn't mean it has to be arousal. It doesn't mean it has to be turn on, but it's something that you're just like, oh, this feels so good in my body. And when I think about it and I feel into it. And so what's lighting me up right now is the exploration that I'm having of myself and the deeper wisdoms I have within due to the coronavirus, due to being with myself, due to being in the social isolation, due to, you know, not kind of numbing in social social settings or through foods or through that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, I, I actually get to be with me and find the wisdom within and then leaning into what does that look like? What does that feel like? How do I enhance it? How do I bring more pleasure to each moment? Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that share. And it was amazing when you were talking about the diving deeper into your own wisdom it felt this energy of, yeah, we're, we're being called to like strip bare to just get naked with ourselves, like metaphorics without all the distractions and, and find all that power there. So thank you for sharing too, about your background. We haven't had a guest on the podcast that has such a cool range of experiences. And, and I didn't actually know about the shamanic piece, but that makes total sense that that aspect of the healing journey would 
work with the other pieces that you've that you've experienced. So let's let's shift into magnetism, and then I think at the end we might circle back and hear more about uh, about some of your experiences. But uh, as you know, uh, there's a lot of power in pleasure, and mm-hmm. I want to hear about your pleasure and magnetism and how those are um, woven together for you and creating a lot of power for the women that you work with. Thank you. Yeah. So what I love to do um, before jumping into kind of um, like the way in which we can create it, I love creating context Mm -hmm. through defining what the word means so that everybody's on the same page. Because magnetism or charisma or eroticism or seduction, all like it all has different meanings and we all have different meanings through our own experiences. And so I love kind of defining what magnetism is so that everyone's on the same page when, when we kind of talk about it and go into it. So I just Googled the word magnetism <laughs> and found the one that fit the best for me. So it's, it's twofold that I really love. One is it's a physical phenomenon produced by the motion of electric charge resulting in attractive and repulsive forces between objects. So literally magnets either coming together or pushing apart. Mm-hmm. And the other one is just the ability to attract and charm people. <laughs> that makes me giggle. I love that. <laughs> Right? It's like, oh, death. <laughs> and it's both. It's both the uh, it's both the like energetics, it's the the tensions we feel with people, it's the excitements we feel when we're in different experiences. It's um it's and it's allowing yourself to actually experience it, regardless of what is there. And I think for me, and we'll get into this because this is one of the like steps is learning that in experiences, when it comes to magnetism, discomfort and awkwardness is normal (laughs) (laughs) and it's totally okay and it's totally safe. And the more that we're aware of it, the more we can lean into it, the more we're in our bodies, the more pleasure, fun, play, excitement, energy can be created within it. But so many of us have not had the opportunity to really understand those energies. And so we, we do, we have been, you know, like we've learned to do through the fight, flight, fear, and then there's two other ones, faint and fawn, um, to protect ourselves. And so, so for me, magnetism is both understanding the energy of what's going on around you and the people that you're engaging with. And in doing that and being in your truth and your self-expression, the ability to attract and charm. Mm-hmm. I loved what you said about self-expression and truth because I think a lot of people listening to this have heard of authentic relating and authentic mm. relation, which is one layer of authenticity, but authenticity with our erotic nature and with our desires. And like you said, our attractions and repulsions mm-hmm. is a whole deeper level of relating to the world that I'm glad you really touched upon. 
Yes. And I hadn't even thought about it that, that way. That's totally true. When we take it to the eroticism, the ability to understand what turns me on and what doesn't, and that both are okay. Both are amazing. And in knowing both, there's so much power. Yes. <laughs> and it's so, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, what I find fascinating is how that for me, at least maybe it's just my makeup, but that changes, you know, they're like over the course of my life or depending on how much energy or resource I have, or, um, depending on, you know, the stage of relationship, like what an interesting idea, this magnetism and being able to become really familiar with it so that we can, like you said, enjoy it and, and notice and enjoy it as it changes and as it shifts. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm finding like what I'm attracted, what, what's turning me on is different now having become a mom recently than Mm -hmm. before. So instead of being like, what's wrong and what happened? It's like, Oh, how can I get really excited about this and curious about this and notice, um, all these beautiful shifts. Yes. Yes. And that's why for me, I love the erotic blueprints is because it gives a language, a really easy language to understand something that most of us have been told is not okay to talk about. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of taboo. We've experienced rejection. We've experienced, um, for those of us who've, who've tried to, ex- to express ourselves sexually, have potentially been called different names or, you know, like we haven't really been given the, the permission in the place to really express ourselves. And then as we're changing, we also haven't been taught how to really express that, you know, so much of our culture is taught sex ed either through TV or movies or our friends when we were little um, or our church, um, or religion or our parents. Um, you know, so none of us, have, and I don't want to say none cause it's super overgeneralized, but it's very rare that you find somebody that's had a really exquisite sex, positive sex education in our, in our world. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about the erotic blueprints is it gives you the availability to truly understand yourself. And it gives you a language to talk about like what blueprint you're in. And then they've Jaya Ma has also created like their states and stages that people go through that fit at the same time. Yes. So. I yeah. into that, but I think we'll, we'll save that for another, another time. <laughs> uh, yes. So let's, let's, I'm still, I'm still salivating about this magnetism. So okay. I, I want to hear more. Okay. So we'll jump into the magnetism. So now that we have <laughs> the definition, um, the, this is so, it's so funny. I was, um, with a girlfriend and she's like, I want you to teach about magnetism and like how you do it. And I was like, how, <laughs> how do you teach magnetism? <laughs> and so I've kind of broken it down when I looked at myself, like, how have I created this in my world around me? And so the first step, if you will, is pleasure first. Mm-hmm. So really this means how do we live our life? How do we do our work? How are we with people around us? How are we with ourselves in a state of pleasure coming first or leaning into finding pleasure in moments that aren't mm-hmm. and asking ourselves like, 
what would make this experience even more pleasurable? And sometimes even going into the thought of pleasure, whether you can meet that need or not in that moment, can bring in those feelings and change the state that you're feeling and where you're at in that moment. Absolutely. Yes. And so, you know, these pleasure can be as simple as taking a drink of water to quench some thirst. It could be maybe lighting some candles. It could be cleaning the room. It could be going and taking a nap. (laughs) You know, it could be putting lotion on your body. It could be self-pleasuring, you know, it could be getting a hug. Like it, it's really for you checking in and, and taking a moment and saying, what would make this so pleasure, so much more pleasurable, even just one notch. And that alone, when you're in a group, when you're by yourself, when you're even at work, and I know a lot of us are working from home, but like even when we're on zoom, We can find a moment to bring in more pleasure, which will change our energy state. And then we'll also impact those around us. Yes, I, I love that. And it's, you know, it's something that I believe changes like our baseline that if we're following our pleasure and looking for what's going to help us feel even more pleasure in our bodies, we're not going to tolerate relationships or situations. Mm -hmm. It don't feel good because our body now knows like, ah, this is what it could be like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a place there of, and it, I just want to be careful how I say this. Mm-hmm. It, there's a place in there also of you getting to own your pleasure, mm-hmm. right? And not expecting somebody else to do pleasure for you. Um, yes, it's great having a partner. So for our single women that are out there, like, I know that sometimes this can feel really tough because we're single and we want somebody else to do this. And this was me before. So I have been there. I get you. And there is so much power of you knowing exactly what fills your cup and exactly how to give it to yourself. So that when you are with a partner, whether you're partnered now or not, your cup's already filled and you're not dependent on them to fill it for you so that anything they give you is an overflowing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's not possible all the time. So I also want to be clear that we're also human. So don't worry about it. I'm not filled all the time. It's more about the awareness, right? What is it that would make it more pleasurable for you now Because then again, you're owning your power, like this pleasure practice, this understanding what turns you on, what gives you pleasure. That is your power as a woman. Because when we own what makes us in pleasure and we don't necessarily put it on anyone else, that is like, to me, ultimate power. Yes. And ultimate in some ways healing, you know, that we have it within ourselves to to live a life and create a life that we want. And it doesn't have to be grandiose or a specific strategy. Like our body knows what we need by moment as it's unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. And it's looking like, I know that, you, you know, you have a brand new, beautiful babe and it may be hard to bring in pleasure in some of those moments. And And it's really, what is just one tiny little thing? Is it sitting on the floor? You know, for me, I've got 
um, like these faux soft rugs <laughs> on my floor so that when I'm stressed out, I just take my socks off or I make sure my shoes are off and I just rub my feet all over them. <laughs> so bring you pleasure, right? Or it could be again, like having a glass of water or taking a deep breath within and calming the system. So it's, it's what are even those tiny little tweaks that then add up over time. Yes. Yeah. Just taking a shower has a whole new level of pleasure now because I can, you know, like really sink into massaging my scalp with the shampoo or doing Mm. a way that maybe I was more mindless before, or, you know, I don't have time always to do my yoni egg practice fully, but I can wear it to bed and experience some, some joy there. So yeah, I, I love that you're expressing how important it is to find just the little moments and that they do add up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And then, you know, the other way I look at pleasure is it to me, it's your North star. It's your North star. It's the Oracle. Like I think so often, especially us women look outside ourselves for answers and look outside for at tarot cards or, <laughs> um, you know, going and speaking to somebody else. And yes, there's a lot of value in that for like confirmation. And we also know, like when we're tapped into our pleasure, like we know what's really there. There's so much wisdom inside ourselves and finding that pleasure and finding that within allows so much more to open up that we don't even know is possible. So I would just love talking about that because the pleasure will help guide you to your yeses and will help guide you to your no's. Mm-hmm. Yes. This link between pleasure and intuition. I love that you mm-hmm. star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, just it's baby steps too. And, and then it just like, for me, it just appeared like this is, again, this is, this has been 20 years of study for me and it will be stud. I'll be studying this for the rest of my life. Um, but the more I lean into my own pleasure and I lean into my yeses and my nose, the more I'm, I'm on my path. And I'm not always sure what that is, but it shows up in my life. Like when I'm in pleasure, the synchronicities start to show up more. The coincidences show up more. The like ahas come in. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And, you know, I just, again, just come back to pleasure. Yes. I love that. All right. The second one goes along with pleasure first, which is claiming your desires. And what that really means is whether you can make it happen or not, claiming and owning what it is that you desire is so important for your internal magnetism. Because again, when we are in alignment with what we desire, feeling pleasure, feeling turn on, just feeling it within, everybody else feels that. Mm. and they want to provide mm-hmm. they may not know what it is that they want to provide <laughs> but there's something there where they're like how can I help you what do you need and there's so much power in being like this is what I need mm-hmm. and also coming from a place of non-attachment where you don't have like if they can't give it to you that's, o- that's okay you voiced what your desire was mm-hmm. and was and so there's so much about just claim it. And I know that fear might show up. And I know shame might show up. And I know that like all those stories might show up. 
And you're just going to be working a muscle that, that most of us have forgotten how to work because we've been told that either we're too much or desires aren't okay, or, you know, there's been self-sacrifice. And so this is just a muscle to continue to work over and over again of asking yourself, what would bring this more, bring me more pleasure in this moment? And what do I want? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it also ties back to what you were sharing about our nervous systems and how often we go into that fawn response like oh well you know I don't actually need this like we're already negotiating and taking ourselves down a notch when it comes to our deepest truths or communicating with God or the universe or with a partner or whoever like instead of coming to the table just boldly like you said owning our desire we're we're already minimizing it before we even express it and I have to catch myself doing that sometimes too and it's such an important call to to us as women and us as people to really stand in that because I can even feel it in my body as you're talking and as I'm thinking about standing in my desires it's like electricity it just feels like I'm fully present and and happy like it doesn't even matter if it if it comes true or not simply the thought of it is really arousing Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and that's where the beauty is that's that reclamation that and it is, it's, it's so powerful. It doesn't have to happen. It's just owning it, claiming it. Cause I'm going to, so Brene Brown, who I absolutely love talks about that when our brains are in uncertainty or they're in ambivalence, oftentimes this is where like the negative belief systems come up because, because the brain kind of goes like, oh, we're going to die. Like, I can't survive here. I don't know what to do here. It creates chaos. It creates, it just creates stuff around us we don't really want. However, when we make a choice, when we make a decision, regardless of thinking of outcome, but when we make a choice and put that line in the sand, then everything else settles. And like, it's amazing what shows up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. This is the same thing about claiming your desire. When you claim and you say, I want this. And again, you don't even have to say it out loud. Just thinking it and owning it within allows you to be in such alignment that like the best word I can say is magic starts to show up around you. Magic and miracles. <laughs> Amen. Right. And who doesn't want magic and miracles? <laughs> so yeah okay so that's number two um the third one is gonna sound really easy and a lot of us forget to do this which is breathing (laughs) yes we need to breathe (laughs) so I love sharing this and I can't remember who taught this to me so if anybody knows where this came from I'd love to hear but excitement and fear are the exact same emotion, except that, right? When you're in fear, you stop breathing and you hold your breath and you get contracted, like constricted and contracted and you close off. When you're in excitement, you breathe even more and you open up and you're like totally ready to go and your heart is beating. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So the reminder is to breathe mm-hmm. and just noticing am I breathing like yes our body naturally breathes but we're in when we're in a moment of stress or irritation or 
fear or anxiety or any, any of that, it's usually because we're not breathing. We're stuck in our head. We're running stories. We're ruminating on things that are going on. One, you cannot be in pleasure and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you figure that out and you can, like, let me know. I'd love to <laughs> support with that. But really, like, it's just a matter of coming back home to your breath. And it, it's as simple. And I, I love doing this practice. I call it the box breath. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's five, like, you can do it at any number, but I tend to do five, five, five. So you breathe in for five seconds. You hold at the top for five and you breathe out for five. And you do that three times and it's slow counting. So, you know, one, two, three, four, five. When you do that three times, your nervous system automatically calms down and you stop thinking about all the things that are going wrong or all the things that aren't working and you come back to the present moment. And so breath is huge for magnetism because you want to be breathing and be present to what's going on around you and the people that are around you so that you can, again, lean into your own pleasures and lean into the experience that is happening versus kind of being in the head. Yes. And extending the pleasure. I mean, I'm just thinking about when I'm making love with my husband, we are obviously enjoying a lot of different things, but when I'm breathing really fully, it feels like time stops and everything just is so extended and yummy. And, and that's a parallel to other times, like a really delicious meal with a friend or, Mm -hmm. you know, getting out in nature or solving a challenging problem and getting really turned on by like a new program idea or a new business offering. Like I, I love that reminder to breathe and the specific tool that you shared is great because it's, it gives me, you know, something to focus on instead of just being like, go breathe. And then two seconds later, forgetting it. (laughs) Totally. Totally. And I have at times um, had clients actually set reminders like halfway through their day that goes off that has them do kind of like a body scan. Mm-hmm. Or they're just, they're breathing in. I mean, it, this is literally take 30 seconds. This is not one of those like meditate for 30 minutes or like having, it's literally wherever you're at, you're taking a breath in and you're just scanning your body head to toe, seeing like, what does my body need and what would bring this so, so much more pleasurable? Beautiful. Just, yeah. Just checking in. And again, it, it could be, it's, Typically, it's simple things. It's, I need more water. I need to get up and walk around. I need to go send a text message that it's been like totally forgotten about. It, it allows the system to relax and then, you know, winds up, again, giving you back your power, giving you back um, your, giving you back you versus like being in the reaction. So amazing so tell us about step four (laughs) step four is practicing being grounded and present Mm. and being in the present moment I know for some of us I'll speak for myself this one can be really challenging um however like in the moments where I have found myself the most magnetic um or at least being told that people are like oh my gosh I just want to know more I'm again just in the moment Um, I'm not thinking about what's going on. 
um, tomorrow or where, when am I going to leave or how am I going to get home or what's going to happen? It's I'm here. I am in the present moment. I know that I'm noticing my breathing and just continuing to bring yourself back. Can I ask a question about that? Of course. So this is something I really struggle with staying grounded when I'm getting really excited or overwhelmed with energy. And maybe it just comes back to step three with the breathing, but, uh, I sometimes feel uncomfortable being seen. Like I can feel I'm building my magnetism and people are noticing. And then there's a part of me that feels like, ah, you know, overwhelmed or nervous or maybe insecure. And Mm -hmm. I can feel myself almost closing down. So yeah. What do you recommend for people listening or, you know, someone like me who like limits their magnetism or, or has a hard time staying present once they feel the other person's interest? Yeah, that is an awesome question. It's something, um, I'm still working on myself. Um, so what I work with, with myself and what I work with, with my clients is, um, one is the fact that you've noticed that like celebrate that and find pleasure in that. Because hmm. because so many of us disassociate at that point, or we check out, or we leave because there's something in there that feels unsafe. Mm-hmm. And it could just be a story that we're running. It could be experiences that we've had in the past. Like there's so much there that can be unpacked. And so, the fact that you've even been aware of it or are aware of it, um, there's so much power in that, and just recognizing that. And so. If you're really self-aware of it, when it's coming up, I would t- you can take a moment for yourself and be like, Ooh, what do I need right now? Mm. And sometimes it is dimming our light. So I don't want to, I don't want to say like, we need to go out there and be bright and shiny all the time. The metaphor I use for this is if you look at the moon, the moon is the most magnetic <laughs> thing out there. And she, in my mind is the most seductive. Um, she chooses when to be fully bright and she also chooses when she closes off and we can do the same thing for ourselves that you in those moments it may be I'm just here to give that little glimmer and then I can I can close off a little bit Mm. it could be that in that moment it actually isn't safe for you to shine really bright and you don't necessarily need to know why it could just be like I'm taking care of myself by not having to go really big and bright. <laughs> um, and, you know, it could be that this is something that you bring to a coach and you guys, you know, you can work through it. You can say, oh, you know, I've noticed that in some of these situations, I don't feel like it can shine my brightest. So these are the emotions that come up. And so there's some, you know, you can work through it and see, is there a fear there? Is there a limiting belief there? Is there a block there? And that can be kind of worked through. Um, the other thing I do is I, I set the intention of how bright and shiny I want to be in certain circumstances. Mm. Sometimes I want to be the one in the corner that doesn't talk to anybody. <laughs> yes. Right. And I put on my invisibility cloak and I'm like, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need to, to shine or do any of that kind of stuff. And if anyone wants to come to me, they can come to me. And then I have other times. And usually the times that I shine the brightest are like, I go on stage. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. And I think what that comes down to is like creating container and boundaries for yourself. So yeah. what does the bright, shiny you need to feel really safe to go play to her edges 
and know where like, this is what I need. I may need my partner right beside me with his hand on my back. And then I am like shiny, shiny, shiny. Cause I know I'm safe. <laughs> um, it could be for me. I put neroli oil on the bottom of my feet mm-hmm. to help keep me grounded. Yeah. Um, I love what you're, what you're expressing because to me, it's busting this myth of, you know, some people are charismatic and some people aren't. And instead, like you said, with the step number two, owning your desires, it's giving, giving everyone a chance to own your brightness, your shininess, your magnetism based on your intention and what feels, what feels appropriate. And yeah, there may be times you're going to the grocery store and you don't need to be shining. And maybe times when you want to shine and a limiting belief is coming up or something is getting in the way. And like you said, that's a really good opportunity to dive deeper. Yeah. And I would say for some of your women out there, you don't even have to be shiny. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to shine, don't. And the reason I say that is because there's so much power in, again, the claiming of desires, the claiming yourself. And that's actually, this is perfect because it's going into number five, which is being comfortable in your own skin and learning how to lean into the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And so if you're own skin and owning your own skin is actually that you are a moon woman and you are like a crescent moon woman and in there is the mystery and the intrigue go with that because that's beautiful you know if what's real for you is you are a bright shiny sun (laughs) amazing right if you're the one that's like it's rain clouds, but you know that above the clouds is the sun and it takes a special person to come and like dance in the rain with you. Awesome. So I just, you know, I want the women out there to know that like learning how to be comfortable in your own skin and who you are is one of the most magnetic pieces. It's not the easiest by any means, but if we can start to move through this false idea of beauty and what a woman is supposed to be based on what magazines and the media have shown us and told us, then we can really start to own who we actually are. And then the reason I say leaning into this discomfort is because tension in life is normal. You know, everything around us, we're going to get a little woo here. Everything around us is energy. And energy needs tension. And so discomfort, tension, it's normal. But I think so often we've been kind of conditioned, some of us have been conditioned that it's supposed to be like bright and shiny all the time. And I don't think that's sustainable. No, I I know Chris, right? Because Dr. George talks a lot about like where we are in the energy scale. And, you know, like there's, there's the beauty of being like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. How can I find pleasure in this uncomfortable piece mm-hmm. and kind of lean into it? And for me, when I say lean into it, it's recognizing within you, ah, I'm feeling discomfort and then not having to fix it. Yes. Letting the right? letting the tension, letting the uncomfortable be there. Now, this is where my inner dom comes out. I get a lot of joy and pleasure about around being with men and having them feel really awkward. (laughs) 
and not responding the way that I'm supposed to respond, which, oh, that's great. And oh, it, like, I love it. And ha ha ha. So very often when I'm feeling discomfort, I won't say a word. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be in my body and be like, whoo, getting a girdle, whoo, getting sweaty. But I won't say anything and I'll just let them <laughs> be in it. And like, they just get so squirmy and wiggly and it, then it becomes even more pleasurable for me, but it's taken time to cultivate that. So <laughs> I can yeah. playfulness and, and like you said, being with the discomfort, what a beautiful, what a beautiful invitation and practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the recognition that like life is not always comfortable. It's not sometimes we've got a, you know, a pebble in our shoe. And sometimes we can take it out right away. Sometimes we can't. So it's like, okay, how do I make this? How do I make this experience that is uncomfortable, the most comfortable in this moment until I can do something to change it? Mm-hmm. And, and that's celebrating the discomfort because I found that there can be some really juicy, erotic energy around messiness and emotions that we don't normally think are pleasurable. Like my anger is really closely related to my turn on sometimes. And I, I like that, you know, but I used to avoid my anger and just want to be the nice girl. And now sometimes like a little, you know, tuft of anger is just like oh so good <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like one of my favorite things to do with my partner is just provoke him so like kind of, <laughs> so um I love leaning into the tension like that is my turn on and I love playing with it and so again my partner and I have talked about this so he knows that this is the turn on um yeah. but I tend to be really bratty when, (laughs) when I want to play in that. And so I will kind of poke, I'll turn into like a little, like, you know, I don't know for you guys to have siblings or, you know, been around people where you're like, Oh my God, you're annoying me. So I'll just kind of provoke him and I'll feel him kind of get a little bit of that agitation, a little bit of, and then I challenge him. I'm like, okay, come get me. (laughs) Come get me, come chase me, you know, very, very much like, come on, bring it on. Let's do this. Let's play. Because it comes from a very playful place. And we've already talked, we've talked about it, we've negotiated, like, this is normal. And he can also say no, that, like, I'm not available for this. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go play with myself then. (laughs) If you want to come join, you can. Um, And so, yeah, it's just the recognition that life is not, is not like, you know, princess perfect. It's not fairy tales and rainbows and unicorns all the time. Like, yes, we can have that and you can find that. And the invitation is like, how do we also find pleasure in this discomfort? That way it gives us more range to play. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that whole spectrum of, of life and all the different polarities. Yeah. I mean, I can, so for your women, they may not know this, but like, like, there's, there's crygasms. There's like in an orgasm, like the releasing of tears. It's, you know, I tell my girlfriends or people who like cry around me, if they apologize, I'm like, no, that's an eye gasm. Like, <laughs> congratulations. Like you're squirting from your eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're, you're mentioning that. Yeah. I, I am, I tend to be pretty emotional, like anger, sadness and other things that come up, but it's such a beautiful release. And I think that's partly why I, I crave sex a lot is because yeah. it is a place where I can just be really uninhibited and, and 
completely vulnerable to the moment. Mm-hmm. And there's something for, you know, for your women out there that are like, well, how do, how do I even do that? Um, one of the things that I have with my partner is that whatever happens on the bed is like stays on the bed. Mm. Now we can talk about it later if something has come up, but like, you know, if anger comes up and, and it's not like, cause there's also the fine line of like our behavior, like the emotion is amazing. It's the behavior that goes with the emotion that we just kind of want to call out. So unless it's been pre-negotiated on like what anger can look like. Right. Um, that's probably a whole other conversation that we can get into another day, but like giving permission that if you just want to be like so loving in ways that you've never been before, like allow the bed to be the safe place for that self-expression, knowing that this is like, this is release. This, this like has to come out. Like we've got to get it out. And the more that we can get out our emotions, the more pleasure we can tap into. Definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. So creating a safe area where like, if you need to hit the bed, if you need to scream, if you need to cry, if you need to laugh, like this is a safe place to do it. And you're making me realize too, or I'm realizing as I'm hearing you talk, like, wow, what a gift to be able to give that to my partner. You know, he's so good at making space for me. And I think I have more work to do around fear I have about his full expression. How can I super um, safe, but without turning into his mother, you know, really coddling him, but just how can I create a really receptive environment where he feels permission for him to play full out. Yes. Yes. And I love that inquiry. And a lot of that is, um, I know you and I talked about that. This is like the yes, no, maybe game. This mm-hmm. some of our men don't even know how to ask for their desires either. And so, I mean, I had, a, I had a partner where both of us at that point when we were together, like neither one could figure out what we desired. And so there was lots of like kind of fumbling around and like, yes, we had sex and, you know, had incredible and amazing experiences. And neither one of us was getting satisfied because we were like, I don't really know what I want or what I need. And so the yes, no, maybe game, like you can, you can um, Google that out there. or I don't know if you can put a link to it, or I'm happy to give you access to one to help your audience. Um, but that's always a great place to start. And the idea of that is what are you yeses to in the bedroom or in, in the relationship when it comes to sex and intimacy? What are the things that you're nose to? And what are the things that are like, you're curious about? doesn't mean you actually have to do it right now. It doesn't mean you ever have to do it, but it's like, Oh, I'm really curious. You know, the other thing that I love talking to couples and uh, about and singles who are starting to explore this is I give permission for no's. I think no's are really important because no's create the boundary of what's available and what isn't available in that moment. Now, there are sometimes there are things that are hard limits and you're like, I am a no to this. And that's where you get to be the partner that like, this is my no. And this is why it's my no. And this is where it came from. And, you know, just having an open conversation around that. And then also knowing that like, in the nose, is there anything around that that could be a yes? So we'll use the example of, um, that I think we hear a lot out there is like the man wants to have sex and the woman has a headache. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to have sex. 
So the invitation that I have is kind of asking, is there anything you are open to? Mm-hmm. So it's not about invalidating their no. It's just finding out, is it a no? Is it is the no that you're not available for intercourse, for sex? Or is, you know, is there a yes that's like, I want to just be held. I want to watch a movie together. Like, I'm available to create some form of intimacy with you. I'm just not available tonight for this. Mm-hmm. And what that allows in a relationship is that allows so much more trust and vulnerability and connection to be built upon. And again, it's a practice because so often we can take the nose as rejection and it's just working the muscle of understanding that like, my guess is it's not actually a no to you. It's a no to whatever's happened in their life during the day or whatever's going on for them. And it's just this time in this moment, we're like, okay, cool. Got it. Is there anything that you are open to? Because I'd love to connect with you. Mm. I'd love to create intimacy with you. Cause there's, there's just a need there. And so how do we find two needs that match up? Yes. That feels really uh, important, not just for in the bedroom, but also for in all aspects of relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, women that I work with really struggle with having a deep desire for commitment right off the bat when they're mm-hmm. getting on and the partner that they're with may not feel that strongly yet about, you know, exclusivity or commitment. And so even that question, you know, what form of relationship are you open to or what type of connection are you open to versus feeling like we need to reject someone or that we need to um, punish ourselves for mm-hmm. wanting something. Oh, I love that you said that. Yes. Yes. So I do a lot of sales work for for companies. And oftentimes that's where I, I, that's a question I ask clients if they're a no, I'm like, awesome. Thank you so much for feeling safe enough to say no. Cause there's also that, like, if you have somebody that can say no, regardless of the stories that you're creating around that, that means they trust you enough to be able to use their no. And so I honor the no and I ask, you know, like, okay, well, is there anything that you are open to? Like, it sounds like you want to work with us. This may not be the right package or this might not be the wrong thing. Is there something that you're open to? Or is there something else that I might be able to help you with? And so it's just a matter of the best of our abilities, taking the no's and the yeses and the desire, like taking all of this as just information it's not necessarily all absolutes because we change and we're humans and stuff shifts around us all the time. And so in this very moment, it's just like, okay, like what's, what is available in this moment and how do we have both parties in pleasure, not from a martyrism or a self-sacrificing place, but from a, what we've created and what can we do together to create you know, a, a outcome that is pleasurable for both. Mm. I love how that connected all connected all together. Um, I guess on that note, how can, how can people reach you? How can they find out more about you? I'm sure we're going to have some listeners who are really curious about this combination of dominatrix energy and really owning your desire and being in your power. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, I'm really, I'll just call this out. I'm really bad on social media. Um, I'm working on getting better. So the best way to reach out is if you go online, you can go to my website, which is www, um, period, X-O, Casey, and it's K-A-Y-C-E dot com. You'll select either men or women. And when you go on my site, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And then in the top right corner, there's a place that says, let's talk. And so um, you can go in there. You can book a call with me. Um, you, you'll fill out just an application so I can understand you better and where you're at. And uh, yeah, we'll jump on a call and see what's going on. See if working together is the best thing or you know, just whatever kind of value I can offer to support, you know, your women on creating just more pleasure, desire, and juiciness in their life. Amazing. Well, I've had so much fun with you today, Casey, and really love all the value that you've created in this podcast episode. And I would love to have you back on the show and talking more about this power and dominatrix energy. Uh, so we will have to set that up sometime later. Is there anything else that's on your heart or in your body that you want to share as we're wrapping things up? I, I really just want to acknowledge all of your women who are stepping into listening to you, who are working with you, who, you know, are claiming that there is more possibilities out there for them than what's present. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of strength um, to push through the uncomfortableness or the stories that are there. So I just really want to honor your, your women and your listeners and just let them know and give them hope that, that anything you want is possible. It's truly possible. And it's just finding like working with you and finding people that can support you and, and stepping into that. So mm. Amen. <laughs> I don't have a better word than that. It just feels so wonderful to collaborate with really powerful, pleasurable um, people like you. So thank you so much, Casey. And I will drop those links into the show notes and um, when I'm posting about the episode. So please reach out to Casey if you've been touched or sparked by things that she shared today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review.